0: Uh, John chapter 14, verse 15 to 31, that's on page 182 in the Red Church Bible. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you will know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me, because I live, you also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to my Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it happens, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me, but the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave.
1: Thanks so much, Lucy. Well, this morning we're picking up on a theme that we've been looking at together over the last few weeks, uh, looking at the gift that God had promised, the promise of a new heaven and a new earth, how that gift was initially spoiled when we looked at the fall, and how Jesus came to restore that and to make it possible for us to enjoy that. But what about now? Well, this morning we are going to see how we can enjoy the gift forever. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to give you the perfect gift. A gift that you can enjoy forever because it is a gift that lasts forever. A gift you can enjoy forever because it is a gift that lasts forever. Before we look at it, we're going to pray and ask for God's help as we do this now. So let's pray. Father, we are thankful for all that you do give to us. You are a generous, good, and kind Father, one who does not withhold all that is good and right and best for us but you give good gifts and we pray and we ask that you would help us to see comprehend and experience the gift you have come to give we pray for your Holy Spirit that we may not only understand your word but that it also would change us, transform us, and help us to live as your people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to give you the perfect gift, a gift that you can enjoy forever because it lasts forever. Three big things we're going to look at. First, the promise gift. If you go back to John's Gospel, chapter 1, that's where we're going to start. Um, Keep your finger in John 14, um, but we will be back in John 14 very quickly. John's Gospel opens up with this wonderful announcement of the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. Verse 1 says, In the beginning... So before the world was created, before time as we know it began, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then look what happens in verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It's a spectacular, awesome statement. The Word becoming flesh. Jesus Christ, who is God, the Creator God, who was there in the beginning, takes on humanity and comes into our broken world. Jesus literally moves into our neighbourhood. He moves into our street, as it were. He comes to make his home among us to deal with the chaos and disorder that we see all around us. As we've been thinking over these last couple of weeks, Jesus came into the world to reverse the effects of sin in our lives and undo the consequences of the curse in our world. He came to renew and restore. God moved in. So as Jesus began to forgive people their sins, as he began to heal the sick, he was giving us a picture, a glimpse, of the new creation, the world that he will one day bring about, and how people like you and me can be a part of it. A world without suffering, a world without sin. That is what he has promised to us, and it all comes to us through Jesus Christ, the God-man who moved into the world for us. And that's what we have to look forward to. So look at John's Gospel, chapter 14. And verse 1, John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 1. So, at John 1, we have the theme of Jesus moving into our home, if you like, into the world. And this is what it says here, chapter 14, verse 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Jesus moved into our broken home so that we can go and be with him in his perfect home he moves in with us so that we can move in with him for eternity this is what it's about this is what he came to do and we look at that and we go that is amazing that's great but what about now Who's going to help us today? Who's going to be with us as we continue to live in a sin-cursed, broken and disordered world? Because each one of us have stories to tell, even perhaps of the last few days of when life has been hard, difficult, painful, where we've experienced struggles. So we're not home yet yet. So who's going to be helping us right now as we continue to live in this broken world? Well, Jesus made a promise. He made a promise to his disciples and it's a promise to you and I. So verse 16, chapter 14, verse 16, he says, I will ask, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. Well, well who's this counsellor? Well, look down at verse 26. The counsellor is the Holy Spirit. The counsellor is the Holy Spirit. This is God's gift to you and I. The Holy Spirit is a gift that has been requested by Jesus. Jesus is saying... I want to give the gift of the Holy Spirit and the Father gives the gift to His children. It's not a gift that we can earn or deserve. He's not someone that we can manipulate or try and trick or or cajole in some kind of way. The Spirit is a generous gift from God to His children, to His disciples. So I know Christmas is over, but the gift keep on coming. It's like Christmas lasts forever. Yes, God has moved into the world. Yes, we will move into his home. But God is moving into our lives to be with us forever. So the gift is promised. Second, this gift is to be experienced. Because the Holy Spirit is not just an idea or a thought. He is a living person. He is to be known and he's to be experienced within our lives. So so who is he? Well, we read in verse 16, don't we, that he is another counsellor. Another counsellor simply means that he is one just like Jesus. Not different, not someone else, not something else, but another one just like Jesus. Look what Jesus says about himself back in verse 6, well-known verse. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus says, I'm the truth. Now look at verse 17. What does it say at the beginning of verse 17? It says that the Spirit it talks about the Spirit of truth. So, is Jesus the truth or is the Spirit the truth? Which one's right? Well, the answer The answer is yes, isn't it? The answer is yes. Because the Spirit is truth. Jesus is the truth because the Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. It's it's the same person. We often think of Jesus, if he were here, maybe you dream about it or think about it, and I certainly do. If, if Jesus were here right now, sitting there in the seat, physically sitting there, we'd be better off. What would it be like if Jesus was sitting there right now with us in this building? but the point is Jesus is here by his spirit he is here by his spirit the only difference is we can't see him but he's here look at verse 17 he's the spirit of truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him because he lives with you. The Spirit is with us. The Spirit of Jesus is with us. Which brings us on to the fact that he is with you. Verse 16. Let's read verse 16 again. He says, I will ask, you the, ask the Father, he will give you another counsellor to be with you. You know, when Jesus walked this earth, When he was with his disciples, he could eat with them, drink with them, talk with them, go down the road with them. But if James and John all of a sudden decided and said, look, we're off fishing today, then Jesus would no longer be with them because Jesus couldn't be in two places at once. That was part of the limitations Jesus had as he walked on the earth. But now that he has given us the gift of his Holy Spirit... That means he can be with all of his disciples, all of the time, wherever we are. He's not limited to one particular place or time. He is with us all of the time. Look at verse 18. He says to us, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. An orphan is somebody without a parent without the loving, protecting care of a mum or a dad. And Jesus is saying, I won't let you be like that. You will never, ever be on your own. You will never be abandoned. You'll never be without me. Wherever you are and whatever you do, I will be present with you. You see, Christmas does last forever. Christmas isn't just confined to one time of Jesus coming down for that period. That's it. I will be with you forever. Christmas continues. And it gets even better. Look at verse 23. Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him. And we will will come to him and make our home with him. Isn't that incredible? We, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we will come and make our home with you. God, who made the universe, who made you and me, moves into our lives. He takes up residence In our lives. Remember what we read at the beginning of John's Gospel? The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He moved into the home of this world. But it goes a step further, doesn't it? He moves into our lives. We mightn't have the physical Jesus living among us. But we do have the presence of Jesus living in us. And through this act, through this promise, God is saying to his people, you know what, I can't get close enough to you. Because I care for you, because I love you so much, I want to get as close as possible to you. The final act of a Christian marriage is to move in with your spouse. It's a sign of commitment, a sign of loyalty, a sign of faithfulness. I dedicate my life, I'm going to move in with you. You are saying to your spouse as you move in together that I love you, I care for you. But God is doing that, he is committed to us in that covenantal marriage, that faithful commitment and loyalty to his children, to those who trust him. I love you, I care for you, I move into you, in your life, to be with you. Look at the end of verse 17 again. He says, you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Christmas lasts forever, because he is in us. As we move on in verse 16, let's read it again. I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. Jesus' physical presence when he lived on this earth was for 33 years. He was born, he lived, he died. But now Jesus sends his spirit. That means there will never be a time when he is not with us. There will never be a time when he is not with us. Look at verse 19. Jesus says, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Now Jesus is saying, look, before long, Jesus knows that his death and resurrection are about to happen. That's very, very close. And he says, when that happens, he says, the world will no longer see him. Now, whenever John, the writer here of this gospel, speaks about the world, he is talking about people of the world. Races, languages, different nations. People who are sinful, people who are separated from God, people who need rescued by God. So we read in John three sixteen, God so loved the world. It's not the physical world, it's the people of the world that God loves. He loves the guilty, he loves rebels, he comes to save us and change us. And now here in verse 19 he's saying the world will no longer see him. Meaning those who have rejected Jesus, those who have refused Jesus, will not see him. But because the Spirit is in us, even today, there's a sense in which we see him, we know him, we can enjoy him. Even death won't break the unity that we have with Jesus. Because our death means that we will see him face to face for all eternity. The world will not, because they don't know him. But because we have the Spirit, the Spirit is there to remind us that we will, and that we have him in our lives. So we have been given this promise of an amazing gift, another counsellor, Jesus himself, by his Spirit, with you, wherever you go, whatever. Whatever circumstances you face in life, whatever troubles or struggles you may go through, he is with you forever. Well all that is great. What can we expect the Spirit to do in our lives? Well, the gift of the spirit is to be enjoyed. Our relationship with God is to be enjoyed. Because the Spirit is not just an idea or a thought. He is a person. And as a person, he is actively at work in our lives. And his work is to be experienced. And his work is to be enjoyed. So I want to give you three very quick applications, if you like. Three things that you can take away Three gifts that you can enjoy that the Holy Spirit will work in your life. Here's the first one. To know Jesus better. What a great gift, to know Jesus better. That's what the Spirit does, he helps us to know him better. Look at verse 17. We read this a moment ago. We learned there that he is the spirit of truth. Now what does it mean that he's the spirit of truth? Well, have a look at chapter 15, verse 26. John 15, verse 26. He says there, when the counsellor comes... Whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Or look at chapter 16 and verse 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the spirit of truth is the spirit who speaks the truth about Jesus. He testifies about Jesus so that we can know Jesus better. You see, the birth of Jesus is only the beginning of the story. There's so much more that we can know and learn and and experience about Jesus. And so as we read God's Word, for the Spirit is the author of God's Word, as we read it, the Spirit enables us to understand and to clearly see who Jesus is, so that we can know him better. I can pick up this word, this Bible, and read it, and it have no effect on my life whatsoever. But what the Spirit does, is the Spirit takes that word, and helps us to see Jesus for who he is, so that we may know him better. So that's the first gift that we get and that we receive from the Spirit. We know Jesus better. The second gift that we can take away is that he will help us to obey Jesus. He enables us to obey Jesus. Do you struggle to obey? I do. It's hard. But he will help us to obey. Look at verse chapter 14. Verse 15, chapter 14, verse 15, he says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. Verse 21, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. Or verse 23, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching my goodness all this talk of obeying that's hard now that doesn't mean that we first have to obey that if I build up enough obedience points God is going to give us his, his spirit so I've obeyed well this week therefore that I have the spirit this week but I disobeyed badly today therefore I don't have the spirit that, that, that's not right He's talking here to people who have the Spirit. And the sign and the evidence that the Spirit is at work within our lives is obedience. How do I know if the Spirit is living within me? Because I will obey. And the Spirit enables us not only to understand God's Word, He enables us and equips us and helps us To obey. Because in and of myself, I cannot obey. I cannot deal with the sin in my life on my own. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. And he gives us that gift. The gift of the Spirit to know Jesus and to obey Jesus. So that's the second gift that we can take away that we can have and enjoy. And the third one is this, the gift of being loved by Jesus. Yes, Jesus loves us, but do we experience that love in our lives? His love will never change, his love is constant, but there's a difference between knowing and experiencing. Because the Spirit deepens God's love for us. Look at verse 21. He says, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father. He will be loved by my Father. And I too will love him, and show myself to him. You see, as the Spirit helps us to know Jesus better, as the Spirit enables us to obey Jesus' commands, so we know and experience the deep love of God. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him. You see, there's a cycle that's, that's happening here. The more we love God, the more we obey Him. And the more we obey Him, the more we experience and know His love. It's only within the dynamic of an obedient and growing relationship that we know and experience and feel His love. And the Spirit is there to deepen that love. To grow that love within us. So that's not just a concept out there, but a reality in here. So three amazing gifts that we can enjoy. To know Jesus better. We all know Jesus. It's It's not a test, it's not an exam to see how much we know intellectually. But to know Jesus, who he is, what he's done, what he's come to do, what he does in your life. We can know more. And he's saying, I'm here to help you know more. And we all struggle to obey him, to walk in his way. But he says, I'll give you the gift so that you can follow my way and enable you to say yes to me. And he gives us that gift so that we might love him more and experience his love deeper within our lives. Christmas lasts forever. Because God has not only moved into the world, he's not only preparing a home which we will move into, but he has moved into the home of our hearts. Christmas lasts forever. And it is to be enjoyed forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Spirit requested by the Lord Jesus and given by generous, caring and loving Father the Spirit of Jesus in our hearts, in our lives when we, when we trust you. We thank you so much And we pray for his work in our life as we read your word that we would know Jesus better. That we would see who he is. And that in the coming year we will know him better. We ask for your Holy Spirit so that you would enable us to obey you. Not to obey what the world has to say. Not to obey what our own heart's desires are but to obey you for we know that everything that you have for us is right and best and good and we ask also for your Holy Spirit so that we may know and experience your love Father help us we are needy people we cannot live life as you call us to on our own We thank you for these gifts and for all that you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.